So, this week's episode has the same name as the title of my podcast, which is Living on the Fence, A True Dilemma. And as promised, I am going to explain what this means, but like at the end of the podcast. However, I am hoping that one or two of you can figure out what it means before I get there. And in order to inspire you to try, I am offering dinner at Nobu. Um... Or Stellenbosch and French Hook wine tour. You can pick one. Whoever whoever figures it out first. For people not in Cape Town, yeah, we'll discuss it later. But that's that's what's on the table right now, and I'm super excited. <coughs> so to give you guys some help, I'm gonna give you a few clues. Right. So. The name of the podcast is a play on three different phrases, right? So the first one is living on the edge. We all know what living on the edge means, I hope. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, I think I think we all know uh, what that means. The second one is being on the fence about something. So not being sure like whether to do this or to do that or whatever being on the fence it's self-explanatory and then the last one this one's very important is a play on the fallacy of a false dilemma or false dichotomy i don't know if everyone knows this but um a false dilemma is basically where a situation is made to seem as if there are only two options like black or white where in actual fact there are multiple options so it's a false it's a false dilemma because die means two um yeah so good luck let's get it so uh initially actually i shot another episode um yesterday or the day before and the what do you call it the theme of that episode was who am I without my mental illness but that one got a bit dark you know because it was like I, I was having an existential crisis <laughs> during the episode like who am I without my mental illness oh my gosh and yeah it basically just ended with me walking away which is like was not good like at all so i decided to change it to something a bit lighter not lighter this not lighter but like a little more digestible and non-existential crisis type thing so today we're going to be discussing um my journey over the past year just over a year um with my new diagnosis uh yeah, yeah. So most of you know that I am depressed. Um, no surprise there. I speak about it often on my WhatsApp statuses. And okay, let me say it this way. I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and 
general generalized anxiety disorder i don't know if it's general generalized but you get it like general anxiety disorder so that was early 2019 um which means it's been oh shame guys i'm not good at maths but it's been a couple of years is the point um and getting a new diagnosis last year was difficult i think uh challenging confusing um difficult i know i said difficult but i'm saying it again and just having to kind of adjust my treatment and my life and everything you know to now focus on this new diagnosis and dealing with that uh was quite difficult and you know i i did have a lot of existential moments i still do um because yeah it's just it's it's very difficult you know being told that okay this is the issue and then being told later on that well there is in fact another issue you know when you're still dealing with like the previous issue you know so it it's definitely been tough the funny thing is though that the diagnosis that i got a year ago is actually the first diagnosis i ever got from a psychiatrist but the three subsequent psychiatrists that i saw said no 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 you don't have that you're fine it's depression and anxiety we're gonna focus on that don't worry about the other thing because that's not a thing for you guys if i tell you the worst thing about being misdiagnosed is that you might be on the wrong medication you're in therapy dealing with only half the problem if even half you know like for all you know what you've been diagnosed with might actually be a symptom of the the underlying thing you know so i couldn't help but feel that i wasted like i i don't like to use that word but if i'm genuinely honest about how i was feeling i felt like i'd wasted the past couple of years going to therapy and doing all of this work for the wrong diagnosis because obviously the approach would have been different if you know we we had gone with the initial diagnosis and dealt with like everything uh holistically but anyway uh let's not dwell on the past let's discuss what 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 is in front of us now so let's get into it yay oh i also have to say disclaimer um this podcast episode is not for informative purposes i'm not here claiming to be an expert about any of the things that i'm going to talk about this is from my personal experience my experience don't use this to self-diagnose or whatever right if you want to know more about this go speak to a psychiatrist or go on google but google google is the ghetto it's the actual ghetto so you know if if you can relate um, to my experiences, right? I'm not giving you information, I'm sharing my experience. If you can relate, then yeah, maybe think about seeing someone. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Right, okay, so, so I did have to do a lot of research. So 
I'm going to try to not read um, and I'm going to try and focus on discussing um, things with you without like, you know, like, you know how in high school when you had to give a speech and like, we all just stood there like with our cue cards in front of us, like, yeah, make like a second eye contact and then look back <laughs> at the cue cards. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. I'm going to, well, I'm going to try to not make it like that. You know, we're going to be, we're going to be making eye contact. I can't wink. It's fine. It's fine. So the name of my diagnosis is BPD um, or borderline personality disorder. Yes. Personality disorder. Oh. <laughs> now it's different from bipolar disorder. I'm not going to get into that right now, but just know that it's a different thing. So don't, don't confuse the two. Don't confuse the two, which um, happens a lot because, you know, the acronyms are kind of the same. BPD, B, D? I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> so we're talking about BPD. Uh, these days it's referred to as emotional dysregulation because apparently that's like less stigmatized. But I mean, I think it still sounds bad. So it doesn't really matter what you call it. You know, it's just, it's, it's not great all around, you know, a rose by any other name. <laughs> I won't get into that because last time I used that reference, nobody got it. And that was deeply disappointing considering that we all did Shakespeare in high school. Shame on you guys. Actually, no, no, I'm not going to judge, but shame on you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, you see, I get sidetracked. This is why. This is why I had to make notes. All right. So, personality disorder. Right. That makes you think. I don't know what it makes you think. Um, yeah. Um, you guys can tell me, like, what your first impressions were, like, just from hearing the name. Right. I know it sounds bad. And that's because it is. It's not great. It's one of the most stigmatized um, mental illnesses. Um, there are, there have been um, more often than not uh, psychologists and psychiatrists who have refused to treat it. So that kind of sucks, you know, because it's one of those things that people are like, ooh, she's got PPD, that's a no from me, <laughs> you know, and yeah, but I was lucky enough to find, ouch, to find a great psychiatrist who I'm with now. She's amazing. And a great psychologist who is also super amazing. Laughs at my jokes, by the way. She thinks I'm funny. And, well, I think she thinks I'm funny. It might just because, might just, it might just be because I'm paying her. But let's not, let's not think like that. Let's, let's be positive people and assume that she's genuinely thinks I'm funny. So, all right. I'm just going to read this quote because I quoted it directly from a website and it's basically like an explanation, like a short explanation of what BBD is. Okay. From now on, you need to buckle up because it's going to get a bit intense, you know, and don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just Listen open-mindedly, without judgment, um, yeah, yeah, 
All right, so BPD is characterized by intense and unstable interpersonal relationships, poorly regulated emotions, hence, you know, the term emotional dysregulation, self-destructive impulsivity, and unstable self-image. People with BPD often harbor an intense fear of being abandoned by the ones they love. They suffer from chronic feelings of emptiness and they get, hmm, this is not funny, sorry, and they engage in suicidal behavior or threats and have difficulty controlling anger. So this was just a general, like a very general um, explanation, but like, you know, the, the symptoms that um, are applicable range from person to person, you know, like it's different for everyone, you know, you can't just take this explanation and apply it to every single person with BPD, you know, it's different, it's different for, for everyone, which is cool. So let's just, let's remember that um, going into this, right? Let's not be scared. Let's not be scared. Let's, let's bring it back. All right. First thing I want to say is that I don't want people coming to me or just thinking to themselves, oh my goodness, I actually noticed that this and this and this and that because you didn't, you didn't notice anything. So don't, don't be that person, please. That's like, yeah, actually come to think of it. She is, no, no, D no. Don't do it. Don't do it because that's annoying and you're lying. So don't do it. <laughs> okay. So basically what I'm going to do is try and pick out like the, the sim symptoms or the characteristics of BPD that I feel have been most prevalent in my life and just try and elaborate on them so that you guys can get a general idea, well, not a general, a specific idea of how um, BPD has kind of uh, manifested, I guess, in my life. But um, mostly I'm going to be looking at behaviors pre my diagnosis last year, because obviously, you know, this past year I've been kind of getting to know the illness and you know trying to match different past behaviors with the different symptoms trying to see the things that i would was doing that reflect the bpd and just yeah trying to identify those behaviors and figuring out how to change them to become better so yeah okay so firstly i want to reassure um most people in my life that a lot of these things that I'm going to speak about have never, no, let me not say never, have not most of the time affected you guys. Um, sometimes, sometimes they do, but um, most of the time it's a me thing and yeah, you know, I've gone to great lengths to make sure that the people in my life don't pick up on these things. But obviously, you know, you can't do that all the time. There are times when I do mess up. So 
Yeah, so yeah, let me reassure you. I'm just, I want to reassure you first. So don't freak out, don't freak out. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna focus mostly on my relationships because I think that's where my BPD has manifested the most or that I've kind of um, dealt with the most, like what, like what I've been working on, um, what I've been focusing on um, specifically is my relationships and how BPD has affected them. And I'm mostly going to be speaking about romantic relationships, but I will uh, every now and again refer to my friendships because it doesn't, it does manifest in my friendships, but not as much as in my relationships, mostly because I keep my friends at arm's length. I keep you guys at arm's length and you might not even realize it, but I do it. And that's just how it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, all of you like I can't think of anyone right now that I can say is like like here all of you all of you are like here like at arm's length so you're okay you're okay you've never not never you 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 haven't experienced the worst of it which is good and I think maybe once I learn well once I feel more like comfortable um, managing it then I will start to kind of let people in but right now it's a no for me it's a no for me <laughs> so all right so yeah for me um, romantic relationships um, is the biggest issue so the first thing um, it's so weird because you know, a lot of terms that we use in mental illness are also used in like everyday living. So yeah, yeah. Say, saying it in the context of mental illness can be a bit challenging because then you have to like deeply like explain and make it make sense, but I'm going to do my best. So the first thing is called having a favorite person. Now I know, I know, everybody has a favorite person, but in this context, the favorite person dynamic is not healthy for me, for me, um, for other people it might be, but for me in particular, this friend, this uh, favorite person dynamic has never been healthy for me. And what it is, is a person that the person with BPD can't function without. So like the way we need oxygen to breathe, that's how it becomes with the favorite person. Like they become my reason for living, which is like, it sounds intense and very unhealthy. And that's because it is, it's very intense and it's very unhealthy. Right. So, bunch of characteristics anything the favorite person does or says can have an impact like a huge impact on me like i don't know if they i'm trying to okay so like there are obviously the common things like if someone says hmm i don't know what 
Okay, so if if someone, if the person that I'm seeing usually texts me goodnight with a heart, and then today they text me goodnight with uh, that little star emoji, I'm just gonna freak out. I'm gonna be like, whoa, this person, this person hates me. Ah! <laughs> you know, and it's always little things like that where okay some instances you know you may feel like your feelings might be valid like you know when someone slights you like they they say something mean um or whatever but other times it's like in the head paranoia uh, imagination you know those types of things like um if someone leaves me on Okay, I'm gonna say someone, but I'm mostly referring to romantic relationships. So if someone leaves me on read for too long, if I haven't heard from them all day, if they don't answer my call, like if I if I call them and they don't answer, I'm just like I I spend the rest of the day not knowing what to do with myself until I hear back from them, right? And it's like it's it's such a deep impact on like my mood and basically my life you know it's not like a oh ugh, this makes me sad and then you know you remain sad or whatever but like you're still able to function and work and move around and eat food even though you're sad right for me it's like oh this is horrible and i basically become like catatonic because i like i can't function without this person you know so it's a little intense um usually results in codependency obviously because you know if you if you need this person just to like function then you know you're you're dependent on the person and yeah like we all know codependency is not it's not healthy it's just it's not healthy like at all <laughs> so yeah so it's an intense attachment you think about them i think about them constantly and when i say constantly i mean constantly like all the time like every second of the day i am thinking about this person when I'm working, I'm thinking about the person. When I'm trying to do anything else, I'm thinking about this person. Like whether I'm in a meeting or I'm with my friends or I'm sitting here making this podcast. I'll, but yeah, I'll be thinking about that person, you know, and wondering if they're thinking about me and hoping that they're thinking about me, you know, but like, it's it's a bit wild it's a bit wild there <laughs> so what's another thing um wanting to be around them obviously all the time and um oh this is another one um going to extreme measures to get their attention so i've i've done this i've done this a lot um and that kind of ties in with the what was uh, what was the thing? 
just engaging in very impulsive, um, unsafe behaviors, right? Just basically doing whatever I can to get someone's attention when I feel like they're not giving me enough attention. And in a healthy context, you know, the amount of attention they might be giving me is like just right. You know, it's enough for two independent um, working people, you know, in a relationship. But for me, it'll be like, this is not enough. Like clearly this person doesn't love me. So I need to, I need to get more attention. And often to do that, it feels like I have to do something big and not big, like a romantic gesture, but big, like make the person feel like they shouldn't Okay, this is going to sound a little bit manipulative, but it's not. And um, I've been told, like, it is, it is um, something that, like, we've spoken about how, you know, when you're looking at these things from the outside in, you're thinking, oh, like, this person is deeply, deeply manipulative. But that's not the case. These are genuine... Um, effects of having this mental illness like you do things you you think things like things just happen in your head it's like clockwork you know it's not like you're sitting there thinking okay today i'm gonna be manipulative you know so yeah let's just say there there have been instances where i've gone to extreme lengths to get my fp's attention favorite person fp and Somehow, thanks to God, I never actually landed in any trouble. And let me tell you, I have done the riskiest things. Like, whatever you're thinking, double that. And then double that again. Like, the things that a girl alone in South Africa, on the streets, should not be doing. And most of the time it worked and most of the time no actually all of the time you know looking back like in hindsight i would think what was i thinking you know but like the next time it comes up when you feel like you need to get your fp's attention again you forget all of that and you're like ah i need to do this you know so so it is it's it's not great it's not great you know just having this person that like you 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 meet and you like and you become intensely attached to and you know you you confuse this attachment for love um for being in love you know and you basically cling on this person to to like help you not help you to function you know and it is it, it's quite intense it really is intense and whew, let me tell you it's not cute like it's not cute at all like before i was diagnosed with bpd i just i just i i i used to think that i was just bad at relationships you know like i just i, I was meeting the wrong people but the problem well like maybe like 30% of the problem was the other person, but like 70% of the problem was me. 
And, you know, I've been kind of realizing that, you know, reflecting on my behaviors and past relationships and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, how did anybody stand me? Though I have to say, all of my relationships have lasted four months. Never more, never less. Exactly four months. Every single one of them. Which is a very specific number. Like, if it had been two, that would have been fine. But all of them. Every single one of them. No more than four months. So that's... That's kind of crazy. Anyway, uh, the last thing um, about the FP... It's that um, you basically become like a chameleon, you know, that thing that changes colors. Um, so you not only attach to them, you become them, right? Which is so crazy. But like the funny thing is that the person that I'm with never picks up on it. You know, they never um pick up on the fact that i'm basically becoming like a mini them and not like in a cute way like oh you know you adopt mannerisms and stuff like the way the person speaks like words that they say like if they say um like um what's 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 a word what's a word that like weird people say okay Okay, this is something that I say, right? Because um, I don't like to swear. So instead of saying the F word, I usually say fudge cakes, right? Now, if you're dating someone, right? Like they would, maybe they would start saying fudge cakes too, you know? Just like kind of picking up on your mannerisms and stuff like that. That's like, that's chilled, you know? Little things, little things that you, like if your partner like likes to flick their hair, maybe you will also, you know, get into that. Like cute cute mannerisms right but with bbd it's not cute it's not cute we're basically we become the same person but you don't realize it because i'm becoming the person that you are most attracted to i don't know if that makes sense right like i'm hyper aware and i mean hyper hyper aware of every single detail about you and I mold that to make myself become the person that you like your most ideal person and it's super crazy so this I'm, I'm trying to like link these things to make it flow so this in particular is linked to the symptom of no um, sense of self no self-identity um, yeah that kind of thing which is um, something that I've struggled with for a long time. It is a general symptom of BPD, so it's not like I'm making this up. Uh, people with BPD tend to have like difficulty creating this thing, a, a sense of identity, right? So I looked for a definition online. It was very difficult to find one, but I, I kind of found something, right? So a person with self-identity, right, who has a sense of self, um, is immune to what happens around them, right? So there's like your there's like your core, like who you are, right? And 
no matter what happens around you, you still have your core values, beliefs, likes, dislikes, um, all of these things, right? But with me or someone with BPD, um, it changes like a kite in the wind. Like I have no person, person. I don't want to say personality because that sounds so bad. BPD is my personality. <laughs> I'm basically like a, well, not now. Um, obviously this past year things have changed and we're going to get to that at the end. Like the, the things, the symptoms that I feel have definitely changed. Oh, things annoying me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been something that I've struggled with a lot, you know, feeling like a kite in the wind, just going wherever the wind blows me, becoming who I need to be like in certain situations and stuff like that. And you might be thinking we all have, um, identity crises, which is true. Like we all go through these existential periods, like, who am I? What am I doing here? Is all of this worth it? Like, ah, you know, but you still have a core, you know, you have a stable sense of self where your beliefs don't change, your values don't change, you know, basically who you, you know, and I, I don't like that thing, that phrase that uh, people change because I've always struggled with that, right? Because there is, at the end of the day, there is that core and maybe like everything around that core might change, but that core, I don't know, maybe it does change, but that's just my outlook, right? So anyway, anyway, bring it back, right? So everyone, every once in a while does have like an existential crisis and that's normal, you know, because things happen and you question everything about you. Is there really a God? Um, is there a purpose to life? Are we just living to die? Is everything an accident? Are we in a simulation? You know, and no, I'm not gonna say anything about that. But um, yeah, but as I said, you know, you still have your core and everything happening around you is like that, but you still have your core, right? For me, um, I don't wanna use the present tense because like over the past year, things have changed. But for me, I had no core. I was, yeah, I was just swaying, like going, going where the wind blows, you know, going with the motion of the ocean, the whatever, other, other um, phrases and stuff. So in terms of relationships, as I was saying, I would basically become the person that I knew the person wanted, right? And if they told me they like this and they like that, I'll, I would be like, oh yeah, no, I, me too, me too. And then I would go and adapt that, adapt myself to fit that, you know? And there was, there was just a lot of adapting, a lot of changing, a lot of um, picking up characteristics and putting down and whatever, you know? And it always changed from like relation to relationship to relationship because, you know, you date different people and, you know, you want to become the person that the person you're dating wants, right? And obviously, since my sense of identity came from my romantic relationships, uh, the periods between my relationships were not that great because I, I, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? What's my purpose? Nothing. Like, I, d I don't want to be here, you know? And that was insane. So 
the periods of time between my relationships decreased like they decreased like i broke up with someone and i met another person in like my most recent my most recent one last year i broke up with a person on the 14th the 15th of february and by the 21st i had gone on a date with someone else and we ended up getting into a relationship so like you have an idea of like how very short-lived like those breaks are you know because you know when people go through breakups they're like yeah i'm gonna take this time to find myself to reconnect with myself blah 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 blah, blah. i don't want that i didn't because there was there was no me to reconnect with you know like i had to find another person so i could become me right so yeah crazy 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 and i just wanted to mention another thing right um it's the fact that people tend to minimize um mental illnesses um by saying oh i also experienced this right like for instance someone will say oh but i also have identity crises so like what's the difference or also uh, i also have had childhood trauma so what's the difference or i also have abandonment issues so what's the difference between you and me and i'm just like my guy what uh <clears throat> anyway what people don't realize they're doing is that they are minimizing um a mental illness because you're saying my mental illness my brain issue is basically the same as you having issues that obviously are very important and that you need to deal with but like this is an illness you know it's not the same don't try and make it the same you know it's like it's like saying to someone with covid oh i also cough i am also you know short of breath now and again like does that does that sound like a thing that makes sense to you no because it doesn't so stop minimizing people's experiences it is not cool not cool at all and i will block you if you do that like in a nice way um so yeah anyway anyway so because of this it makes it difficult to form meaningful relationships because it's like how do i write it um because you don't know who i am but i also don't know who i am so yeah it's basically like you're just dating a mirror which sucks big time i think no it does not i think it does <laughs> um sorry i'm just trying to keep track of the time because i don't want this to be too long oh it's already long okay the third thing is called splitting so it's defined as well by very very well mind um, defines it as the inability to hold opposing thoughts feelings or beliefs it's black or white it's yes or no it's here or there it's absolute or it's nothing at all it's like you know like yeah and this is a clue like i feel like this is the biggest clue splitting um like i said it's it's a clue on the last two things the living on the fence and um the false dilemma i think i've given it away now so like if you if, if you're not 
explaining it to me by now then whoosh shame i'm questioning all of you guys um so in relationships particularly splitting happens a lot right uh the person that you're seeing can either be good or bad perfect or just the scum of the earth you know and it's not like you meet someone and you're like oh this person's good you know it's like you meet someone and you're like attachment bam and then depending on things that happen in the relationship you know you look at this person as either perfect with no flaws or you look at this person as just the the devil like you know so it's it's a very love-hate relationship actually that is like it, you either love the person or you hate them and like that's the extreme like there's no in between there's no realizing that oh this is a good person and they do make mistakes right it's like oh this is a good person when they're doing amazing things but as soon as they do a bad thing you know it's like oh this person's terrible i don't want them in my life they need to get out leave me alone you know and yeah just that inability to see people as complex and containing multiple characteristics is yeah it's it's a it's a thing right so this is uh, obviously this is really bad because like when you're when you're in a relationship with someone even friends you know you have to be able like when something bad happens you still have to be able to remember that okay you know i love this person this person is good this is just a minor hiccup you know but for me it's like oh hiccup hick up get the hell out of my life you know and obviously this contributes to the unstable relationships and it's just yeah you never know what you're gonna get and it's like always the most random things that like will trigger you like for instance if you remove my phone off the charger without asking me i will tell you to get out of my house like i'll say get out of my house and don't come back you know not saying that that but like it's it's i'm trying to make my point that it's little things like that right so you just you never know and that's that's obviously difficult for your partner because they're constantly walking on eggshells around you and they they're trying not to trigger you because the reaction is intense and it's just like you know it's like just imagine like like anger anger you know and i i do get angry like my anger is very very intense but yeah not a lot of people have been on the receiving end of my anger um and that's good but those who have hmm, didn't like it didn't like it at all and splitting also happens in my friendships as well because um often if someone does something that hurts me i will cut you off i will cut you off either completely or I will cut you off for a couple of months until I decide that okay I'm okay with speaking to you again so I'm not able to process the bad thing that you've done in like a reasonable amount of time like it takes me a long time to like slide you from like the bad back to the good you know but it never like it never lands in the middle it's kind of like this it's like a slant thing right so bad slides down to good and then good is up and then slides down to bad like there's never a balance which sucks sucks <laughs> um yeah so that's that's fun and then the last one is intense fear of abandonment so 
someone said to me yeah but we all have abandonment issues and i was just like yo go eat a freaking cactus but anyway um just gonna list the things that i wrote here so hyper alert to signs right a lot of things that like the everything that people do you know you're either trying to determine if it's because they love you or if it's because they're going to leave you and again that's that's just how it is like i everything everything that you do i split it into this person loves me or this person's going to leave me like there's no in between like oh maybe this person's busy maybe this person's just upset at me now and they just need some space not that that doesn't exist um in my mind um you see things when none are there um, all the time, um, constantly and constantly need reassurance. And like when I say constantly, I mean constantly, like reassure me every hour or at least once a day. Don't like don't change um, from sending me a good night with the heart to sending me a good night with stars. Like I'm going to think you hate me, you know. Uh, Inability to share emotions because you're sca I'm scared that I'm gonna scare the person away. So I never ever um, Let the person like tell the person if I'm feeling bad about something or if I'm unhappy with something that they're doing Because I'm like, oh, they're gonna leave me and I'm gonna be alone and then who am I and the whole cycle and everything um, That I spoke about um, I never feel safe um, always anxious always anxious like imagine in addition to the actually I think a lot of the GAD comes from that, especially since I have the three diagnoses. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so little things like not responding to my texts or choosing to spend time with your friends, which I know is very unhealthy, or failing to say I love you or I miss you or I want to be around you or you look great today, you know, little things like that. Because then it's like, oh my God, they hate me, they're going to leave me. Ah. <laughs> And again, the reaction is super intense um, and it tends to be, you know, as soon as you feel like, as soon as I feel like I'm going to be abandoned, I, I will push you away. I will make you leave. Like I will, I want to be the one to like cut you off. I, I, I don't want to feel abandoned, but then I'll cut you off, right? And then I'll feel abandoned anyway. And then I'll try and get you back which is yeah it's 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 messy it's messy all around um and yeah i think that's that's pretty much that pretty much covers everything um and then obviously there are like the little things not the little things the things like impulsivity that happens a lot um like i said i often put myself in situations that are incredibly dangerous and you know my friends you know i have friends that talk sense into me but I don't listen, but I have been working on trying to listen to them. So I guess it's getting better, I think. Um, and then emotional dysregulation. That's like the main thing, like my inability to regulate my emotions, like at all. And just going from good to bad to good to bad, like multiple times in a day or um, every two days or like every couple of weeks you know it's just it's really messy like you really never know which Aldana you're gonna get and I think this is one of the reasons why I 
tend to want to plan my interactions with people, right? Because that gives me time to prepare and um, to kind of get into a mindset where I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. So even if I feel good or bad, you know, I know I've made this commitment and I've prepared for it and it's going to be good. Whereas if you just, if you're just like, hey, what you're doing tonight, let's go. And I'm like feeling bad. I'm going to ghost you. I will not respond to your message or I will respond to your message and I will say, leave me alone. So <laughs> I'm a planner. I'm a planner. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it, it is uh, difficult, you know, dealing with someone who has just major like emotional shifts, like all the time, you know, but with my friends specifically, I don't think they experience that uh, mostly again because I'm very specific about when I see people and I make sure that it's at a time when you know I have adequately prepared and like no matter what mood I'm in I'm interacting with you I don't like people showing up to my house like stay away from me and over whatsapp you know whether I'm like crying my tears out my eyes out or you know having the best time i will still send you laughing emojis and you won't know you won't know that i'm currently going through it all you know so <laughs> yeah 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 super bad but despite all of this you know this past year ever since getting my diagnosis you know i'm older now and i just i feel like i have gotten better at dealing with things you know and i've been trying to craft my sense of identity like trying to become the person who you know, I, I, I think I am, you know, and yeah, I've been, I've been picking up like on things that, you know, I feel I most identify with and holding on to those things, you know, and not letting them be changed by, you know, the things that are happening in my life. And, um, one thing that I have, um, one thing that I've chosen that helps me um, kind of like to have something to work around is the fact that um, there is one person that I feel most comfortable with, like this person, like when I interact with this person, I feel most like myself. And that, you know, has helped me kind of like, you know, I've like picked from that, like this is, this feels like me, you know, and just like picking on that and like, you know, expanding on it, evaluating and trying to determine if it is, you know, uh, like if it is me, <laughs> I guess, not if it is me, but if it's like part of the me that I'd like to become, you know, um, obviously this past year I've struggled with, you know, validation, um, getting validation from people, like, you know, trying different um, parts of me out and seeing like which parts people like and which parts they don't like you know and that's that's not a good way to like determine who you are but like I'm working on that and um, yeah I've been I've been like picking up on things that I value um, the most and right now for me it's honesty and openness and frankness like tell me tell me okay maybe it's because I'm I'm personally bad at lying but um, and so like, I'm always honest by default anyway. Um, but like, yeah, be honest guys. Don't lie. Like, and also be frank. Like I, uh, I don't like people that beat around the bush, especially if someone's flirting with me. I will ask you, I will ask you straight up. I will be like, do you like me? 
and then you have to answer me because I don't want you like telling me all of this nonsense. Like, just tell me if you like me or not. You know, like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. So I've discovered that those are things that I value. Um, I don't know what love is and, you know, I'm not trying to figure that out now. But, you know, there, there are things that I've come to value, things that I think are more important to me than love. Um, and that's commitment, um, effort, um, like real effort, like making a true effort, you know, with me. Like if, if we're doing something or if we're getting to know each other, like, cause I'm very persistent and I'm very intentional. So I also like people who are maybe not persistent, but intentional, you know, that's something that I've discovered about myself. Um, what else did I write down? I, oh, I've been trying to stop cutting people off for extended periods of time because that's really mean. And yeah, like I, I don't want to deliberately hurt the people in my life, even though most of the time it happens in deliberate that I don't know not deliberately um and then yeah I've also been trying to not pick up on the habits of the people that I meet you know um because it happens almost without thinking you know like when someone shares something about them I'll be like okay I can become like this you know but like now I'm more conscious of it especially when I meet new people I'm like okay no this is a them thing. It's not a you thing. Don't try and assimilate, you know, and obviously it's like now it's like an active brain exercise, you know, it's it's it, it, it's not passive yet, but I'm hoping it will get there if that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, engaging in impulsive behaviors. I still do that a lot, um, but they've become less dangerous, which I think is good. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what more to say about that. Um, I've also realized that I am incredibly fragile. I am, I mean, I have this outgoing persona, you know, which by the way, I'm not outgoing, like, you know, at all. But I have this outgoing persona, you know, and this voice and these eyes. And, you know, I'm always like, hey, like, listen to me, you know, and like, I don't know, I like, I'm not sure what I project, but I don't think I project fragility, which is um, in contrast to who I am, because I'm struggling, like at any given point in the day, any given point in my life, I am, I am struggling. And it's hard, you know, it's really hard to like, I feel like you guys won't understand, like, when I say I'm struggling, like, I'm struggling from the moment I wake up to the moment that I go to sleep. It's a battle. It is a battle. And I'm not going to get into that right now. But honestly, if you were to check on me, like, at any point in the day, I would probably be like, oh my god, help me, send me my flurry, you know, type of thing. It's like, it's a constant battle. And I am just, I am not the girl. Like, I am not the girl at all. So that's that's one thing I've realized about myself. And so I'm learning to be a bit more gentle, um, nicer to myself, and, you know, trying to figure out a way to ask people to be nicer to me, <laughs> you know, because I don't deal well. I don't react well. And, you know, when things like this happen, like, 
like whenever I feel like you know like an egg like when you crack it whenever I feel that then it's like I resort back to like the the negative behaviors you know the splitting now I hate you the um, impulsive behavior I'm gonna go do this so that I don't think about whatever you've done the abandonment thing you clearly hate me so I'm gonna put you away I'm gonna cut you off for like a couple of months you know so it's that thing it's yeah yeah anyway um, I've also learned how to go with my instincts um, which is like a very faint 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 sound in the back of my head so oftentimes I really have to like focus but a lot of the times I still go with like the automatic BPD reaction and that is that is a hard thing to you know kind of get over because again everything that I'm doing now is like conscious like every decision I make every um, thing that I do everything that I say has to be like conscious you know like I have to think like think before I do it like normally certain things are like super obvious like just um, when someone says something there's like a normal reaction to it but like for me I have to think is this normal is this not normal am I reacting appropriately uh, when something happens I'll think am I feeling like is this feeling rational like or am I overreacting am I underreacting um, when something happens to someone I have to think like how do I respond what is the proper thing to do you know and stuff like that and I, I get it wrong a lot <laughs> a lot and it's really hard it really is hard actually I posted on my status the other day that I feel like a four-year-old who's just learning how to feel and how to respond to that appropriately and I wasn't saying that in like a whatever sense you know like a relatable sense like no I was saying that in the context of my mental illness like that is that is the effect of it, you know, having to relearn emotions and having to learn how to respond to them appropriately, you know. So no, no, you can't relate. Don't try and relate. Just, just don't. Just don't. And, oh, I actually, <laughs> uh, I caught myself making someone my favorite person again. I, I'm not in a relationship and I haven't been for the past few months and yeah like it, it it was happening like I was getting sucked in so hard but then thanks to my therapist shout out to therapists they really know how to pull you back um we realized that I was starting to form this dependency on this person and I was falling back into my habit of favorite person um things and I've I've been working on that. I've been um, trying to trying to not deal with that, like trying to not, no, not trying to not deal with that, dealing with that and trying to not like let it happen in the same way that it's happened in the past, you know, and um, I think I'm doing okay. I mean, I do still think about this person a lot um, and yeah yeah i don't want to say too much because then it's going to be like oh yeah <laughs> but i'm working on that and i'm i'm very proud of myself for that um even though it's very difficult and very difficult yeah so that's that's me that's me with a bpd and 
if you have any questions about me, you're welcome to ask. Don't ask me like general questions about UD because I don't want to give misinformation to anyone and then it's awkward and stuff like that. Uh, so now that we've come to the end, I'm going to explain my podcast title if you haven't figured it out yet, which I hope you have, but if you haven't, it's okay. So Living on the Edge um, was referring to the very dangerous, very impulsive um, things that I tend to do. Like my life is constantly trouble, you know, I'm always like teetering on the edge, like on the edge of just like falling into like the worst of the worst, you know, and that's that's how I live. Like, you know, I'm never like, okay, let's let's come back from the edge, you know, like there's never been a time in my life where I'm like, let's come back, like let's bring it back. It's always me on the edge. You know, and that's that's basically how I've been living life until now. Second part, being on the fence and then which kind of flows into the false dilemma is that um, the thing of splitting um, it's either black or white right like this is the fence it's either this or that right it's not like a like a there's no fence and like it's a continuum of like feelings you know it's either you're good or you're bad you're amazing or you're just the scum of the earth you know black white yes no never never yes maybe nah, no none of that so that's what it is it feels like i'm like balancing on this thing like this fence you know of like neutrality and i'm trying to like keep my balance you know but it's it's hard because you know if i do fall i'm falling on the either or you know it's not like i'm landing on like a middle ground and i guess in a way the fence is the middle ground but the middle ground is very thin and is basically non-existent uh, i don't know if that makes sense and that kind of reads into the false dilemma which i explained to you like it's either or which is false because in life you know things are a continuum but i kind of change that i change that from false to true because in my life it is a true dilemma like it's not a false dilemma as it should be it's a true dilemma like again it's either this or that you know never different ways about it so put together living on the fence um literally living on the fence uh falling either way you know which again is I guess kind of like living on the edge because you know whichever way you fall it just sucks you know like you're not you, like you're not you're not doing good like uh, either way you know and then the true dilemma is the fact that um that's it like that's all you have you only have right and left like that's those are your options in life like there's nothing more to life than that and yeah yeah so let me know if that makes sense. Um, I feel like I explained it really badly. So I'm gonna write it down um, and then share it because um, it's easier to write things down and share it than to um, explain them with words like out loud. So yeah, 
this was much longer than I hoped it would be. Uh, really sorry, guys. But I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope you feel like you know me a little bit better. Don't freak out. Um, and again, if you have questions about me, you know, if you feel like our whole friendship has been a lie and you want to know more, you want to start from scratch, then reach out to me and talk to me. But don't like sit behind your phone and be like, I knew it. She's terrible. I'm going to ghost her. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye.